see us. Uh, we we preach the full gospel, even the things you don't like, because if God did it, if God put it in His Word, then there's a reason for it, and uh, we're going to believe it. So, um, and we're going to prove it by Scripture too, as we go. We're totally scriptural here, you know. Um, and um, I don't know about you guys, but I love it that we teach the full, unadulterated Word of God. We're in Genesis chapter 29 tonight. We um, are really just started on Jacob uh, in chapter 29. You know, Jacob left last chapter. He deceived his father. He deceived his brother Esau. Rebecca, his mother, was included in all of that. And... Uh, you know, she also, Rebecca talked Isaac into sending uh, Jacob away because Esau planned to kill him as soon as he died. And um, Rachel uh, never got to see her son ever again. He ends up going to, to um, Haran, which is also Pandam Aram. And, uh, you know, that was where Rebecca was from. And... Um, and he went there with nothing on his back. I mean, maybe the pack on his back was just about all that he had. You know, he received the, the birthright blessing, but yet he left Canaan with nothing but a backpack probably. Okay? So he, it doesn't look like the, the uh, blessing is upon him, I can tell you at this point, but he, he masters it. So far... In chapter 25, we saw Jacob as the devising brother. You know, he sold, he got Esau to sell his birthright for a bowl of stew. He devised this all on himself so he could get the birthright. His name actually means deceiver so or deceitful. We actually saw him in chapter 27 as the deceitful son. He was tricking his father Isaac by, you know, uh, saying he was uh, Esau, but he wasn't. And Rebecca helped plant it. She took the goat, cooked a nice dinner, and uh, covered his, you know, um, covered Jacob's arms with the, the fur because Esau was a hairy man. They, they both planned to deceive Isaac and pass the birthright on to Jacob. We also learned that, that Jacob was already told or Isaac was already told that the second born will actually be the the leader of the pack. In other words, the birthright was going to go to the second born twin. They were probably within minutes of each other. Okay, so we see that, um, you know, if, if Rebecca and Jacob would have just left it alone, God would have accomplished it all on his own. We didn't, he didn't need Rebecca or Jacob to deceive Isaac, he would have got the blessing to go to um, Jacob no matter what. So listen, if you think you're going to help God out, I don't think you better be careful and pray. Number three, we saw him in chapter 28, last chapter. We saw him as the dreaming pilgrim. You know, he laid his head down, put a rock down there, and, and he uh, saw a ladder to heaven. And I showed you last week that that ladder was where the angels of God ascended and descended. And he saw at the top of the ladder 
uh, God, who, which was a, a Christophany of the Lord Jesus Christ up there, if he saw God, the Father, in all his fullness, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have existed. He would have just been annihilated from the glory of, of God. He saw Christ, a Christophany, at the top of that ladder. And Jesus even verified that in, I think it was John chapter, 5, uh, chapter 1, verse 51, where, where when he saw you know, Nathaniel under the fig tree, you know, he told Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. And he said, um, you know, um, surely you're the son of God, the Messiah of Israel. And he said, why? Because, because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. And um, he said, from now on, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And that was a picture. That was a, a typology, a picture that God was painting for us today, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. He is the ladder that the angels were going up and down on. And he will be the ladder, the only ladder that you will get to heaven on. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus told us very clearly. Uh, clearly. He's the only way to heaven. He said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. Acts 4.12 says, you know, um, you know, there's no other name under heaven by which you must be saved. And we can go on and on through Scripture. Jesus said, unless you believe that I am the name of God, I am, he said, you will die in your sins. So we see that, you know, there, according to the Scriptures, there is no other way to heaven. So Muhammad's out, Buddha's out, Harry Krishna's out, whoever thinks he's God or the Messiah, they're all out. There's only one Messiah that filled 365 prophecies in the Scriptures. That's a background for anybody that just tuned in. There's only one man that could fill, uh, fulfill 365 Scriptures. And those Scriptures are just a picture of who and what the Messiah would look like, what would he would do, and uh, how he would save you from your sins. Tonight we're going to see him as the love-struck suitor. He's going to meet his future wife tonight. And we know that her name is Rachel. He falls madly in love with Rachel. Um, so he leaves Beersheba Beer Beer with only a pack on his back. He's probably alone. He's probably lovesick. I mean, homesick, you know. And he has a price on his head. Esau wants to kill him. He will not return to Beersheba for 20 years. Rebecca actually said, you know, let the curse fall on me. When, I, when um, Jacob told mom, he said, uh, uh, I'll get a curse for this. And Rebecca said, I'll take the curse from you. And she did take the curse. She never saw the son that she favored and loved ever again before her death. And that was the penalty for deception and for her taking that curse. He meets the love of his life in Pandam Aran, known as Haran. Never saw mom again. He too would have been broken hearted. Jacob's blessing and her, you know, and growth in Iran, we're going to see it. He goes to Iran, 
after leaving uh, her um, Pandan or um, Beersheba, he accomplishes in this 20 years over there. He ends up with, even though he went with just a pack on his back, okay, he ends up with two wives, two concubines, handmaids, okay, 12 children. That's male only. And we know there was a woman. We know Dinah was was involved here. So there are girls that were born to his wives. Uh, he has servants, and he has a great flock. So indeed, you know, the birthright did go to him, and he was blessed. As we move on, we're going to see that Esau was blessed also, but not with the birthright. We also found out last chapter that, that Esau was not a spiritual man at all. He was a carnal man. And, uh, you know, the birthright actually included the spiritual leadership of the family. Now, we know that Jacob at this point is not a spiritual leader or a spiritual giant by any means, but he will be by the time God's done with him, just like we uh, became believers, uh, you know, as God uh, changed us and brought us into the knowledge of our Savior Jesus. God's going to use Uncle Laban to humble Jacob. Listen, the deceiver is going to be deceived by a greater deceiver. That's what's going to happen. The deceiver is going to be deceived by the greater deceiver. His uncle's a lot older than him. He's wiser. He's more worldly. He's deceptive also. And it's going to boil down to Jacob is going to reap what he sowed. And that's the way, that's the law of the Lord. It's a, it's a word of God. You reap what you sow. If you, if you, um, if you plant sickness, you're going to get sickness. If you plant hate, you're going to get hate. If you plant love, you're going to get love. If you plant, if you plant wheat, you're going to get wheat. If you plant uh, kindness, you're going to get kindness back. And we know that that's the golden rule, which is if, you know, treat others the way you wish to be treated. Okay? So, here's a scripture verse to back all that up. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he might exalt you at the proper time. We know from Micah, he said, What does the Lord require of you? To do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly. Even uh, Isaiah 66, 2 says, says that God um, loves the humble person. Not the, the proud person. He's going to humble the proud. Actually, Daniel chapter 4, verse 37 says, God is able to put down all those who walk in pride. We've got to be careful. Jacob is kind of a proud man, but he's going to be broken by the time, you know, as, he's, as he spends time in Pandan Aram. Let's read verse uh, 1 through 8 of chapter 29 of Genesis.
Genesis 29 and verse 1. I'm reading from this here's the New American Standard Version of your Bible. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it. For from that well they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, they would then roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brother, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. And he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And here is Rachel, his daughter, coming with the sheep. He said, Behold, it is still high noon. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered. And they roll the stone from the mouth of the well. Then he, we watered the sheep. That's the first eight verses. Jacob arrives in Haran. We see that he arrives with nothing. Okay, he had tremendous riches with his dad, Isaac. Okay, he goes from riches to servanthood. God's already began to break him. He arrives with nothing, but he's going to come out with great blessing 20 years later. Shepherds tell him that Laban has a daughter named Rachel. We saw her just just a little few seconds ago. She happens to be arriving at the same time. Uh, coincidence or Godowince? It's a Godowince, there's no doubt about it. Verse 14, we didn't read that far yet, but it tells us that, that, that she is a shepherdess. Rachel is a shepherdess. Jacob tells the other shepherds to leave with their flocks. He probably thinking, well, she's a good candidate for a wife because he was told to take a wife from from um, from they, uh, from um, his Laban's daughters. He thinks of her as a perfect, possibly a uh, candidate for a wife. Obviously, she's good looking. I think he fell in love with her at first sight. She was probably younger when we get to finding out as time goes on. She probably was too young to be married at this point. And maybe that's why um, Laban deceived him because she may be too young to get married. We don't know. Let's read verse uh, 9 through 14. Now while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, and she was a shepherdess. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, okay, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went near and ruled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative, 
and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father, and it came to pass when Laban heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are bone of my flesh. And he stayed with them for a month. We see in that, whether you know it or not, two traits of a husband are being demonstrated here in verse, verses, uh, verse 10. Okay? He's showing off to Rachel. Did you see that in there? It took many men to move that stone on the well, but Jacob moved it all by himself. Okay, why? What's he doing? He's showing off to Rachel. He's already got his eye mark on her. She's beautiful, as we're going to find out as we move. You know, it says they, in verse 3, it says they rolled the stone because it was too heavy, but Jacob rolled this stone away by himself and getting Rachel's attention. This guy's a strong man. Every woman wants a strong man, whether he's strong physically or just strong. He's kind. He watered the flocks of Laban. In chapter 24, we saw that Rebekah, Laban's uh, family, watered the camels of Abraham. Rebekah did it. Remember, I told you, 10 camels, and I forget how many gallons of water, but she, she watered, you know, the camels of Eliezer, who was the servant of Abraham. And I showed you that was over a ton of water to feed the camels that for, you know, feed water to the camels. She is a servant. She's kind. Jacob shows kindness here. Okay. Uh, three things Jacob does. First of all, in verse 11 and 12, he kisses Rachel. That shows there's an attraction already. Maybe love at first sight, which I think it really is. He weeps. He recognizes God set a direction. Just like Eliezer, he ran into Rebecca, and, uh, you know, he knew right there. It just was a godowance, not a coincidence again. He recognizes the direction. It reveals his identity. He reveals his identity. He's Rebecca's son. That makes Rebecca and Laban our brother and sister. That makes Rachel his cousin, first cousin, first cousin. Verses 13 and 14, Laban receives Jacob into his house. Remember, Laban's a very carnal man, a real worldly man. He remembers all the riches that were given to him and to Rebekah by Eliezer, the servant of Abraham. He remembers the gold the silver, the fine clothing that was given to him. And he's, uh, he, he's figuring the same thing right here. He's wealthy. Some people are just worried about wealth all the time. They spend their entire life worried about money. Somebody just told me yesterday, tell me what you think about the most, and I'll tell you what your go- who your God is. You know? And... Um, I think Laban's God is riches. Isaac was approximately 40 years old when Rebekah married him, and she was probably just a teenager, a late teenager, maybe 14 and up. Now Isaac 
was 30, 137 years old or so we saw last chapter. That makes there's a difference of a lot of years here, you know, between, you know, the, the going back to, to Haran. Abraham's servant told Laban that about Isaac's wealth, and of course Laban was, was uh, thinking the same thing. Now Rebecca married to a wealthy family, and he's thinking, oh boy, we've got more gold, more silver, more good uh, precious clothing coming. Motive, motive, he's motivated by materialism. There's no doubt about it. I'm working on a study uh, for Sunday. It's about carnality out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I don't know if God will confirm it, but if he does confirm it, that's where I'm going to be. We're going to see uh, about carnality and, uh, and, um, and a spiritual Christian. Let's go to verse 15 through 20. Laban's going to secure Jacob's labor. Remember, he's going to be outwitted by Laban. Genesis 29, verse 15 through 20. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, you should therefore serve me for nothing. Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel's eyes were beautiful of form and appearance. Now Jacob loved Rachel. See, already we see right in the beginning, he already loves Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. We're going to see that, that, that Jacob's love goes the distance, which is a good point in the attributes of true love. True love goes the distance. It will survive. I know people in this church that are celebrating over 30 years of marriage. I know other people in this church are into the 60 years of marriage. That's obviously true love. It, it put up with the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sickness and the health, the money troubles and, and the good times. Maybe, you know, just losses in the family, losses of friends and all. They did, the, they go to distance. True love will go to distance. We'll see that. You can see that if you ever go to a wedding when somebody reads 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love goes the distance. True love, I should say. Laban puts Jacob on the hook here. He's baiting. He knows that he loves Rachel, and he's baiting the hook for him. Why should you serve why should you serve me for nothing? What shall your wages be? He's saying to him, Listen, you should work for me or nothing because I'm giving you room, clothing, and shelter, board clothing and shelter, and food most likely. In other words, you can't stay here for free, is what he's saying to Jacob. Now worldly minded. Laban has two daughters, as we saw, Leah, who's the older, and Rachel, who's the younger. 
it says that 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 uh, Leah's eyes were delicate. They were they were dim. They were weak. She could have had an eye problem. Who knows? They lacked sparkle. As the, if you translate the Hebrew word, it could be delicate, dim, weak, lack sparkling. You know, you know how some people's eyes just sparkle. Uh, she her eyes lacked that. They could have been. They, another one explains it as tender-eyed, or just plain-looking. Some people say, and even could be included in this, that she was blue-eyed, which those people in that country, you know, those people over in the Middle East and that, they're all brown eyes, dark eyes, you know. Some people have, she could have been even just blue-eyed, which was unusual in those days. Rachel, of course, was younger, maybe too young to marry, so maybe that's a reason why he's going to serve him for seven years. Maybe she was like 12. Another, you know, puts her at 19, okay? She was more beautiful, says the scriptures. She had better form, obviously. She has bright-eyed, very shapely, according to the word form. Her appearance says 